Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a sermon called Unhurried Righteousness. I'm Chad Robertson. I hope you've been with me through this whole series. It has been life-changing for me. It's called The Unhurried Life. We are learning how to slow down and live at God's pace, live in God's rhythm. Well, today we're talking about righteousness. And if you have missed any of the sermons of this lengthy series, download my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. And you know what? When you download Awakened to Grace, not only will you be able to go into the archives and listen to every part of this great sermon series, but you'll find you'll discover hundreds more right at your fingertips, all free. Friends, we are passionate about spreading the gospel. And that's why when special people come alongside us, we call them grace givers, people who stand shoulder to shoulder with us, people who love the idea of sharing the gospel. They are passionate about it, just like we are. When people, listeners, just like you, decide to become a grace giver, Friends, you move us forward. You enable us to join many platforms, just like the one you're listening to right now, and share the truth of God's Word. Will you pray and consider becoming a grace giver today? Go to my website, awakenedtograce.com. Click the link called Grace Giver. Learn more. Engage with us. Or you can always send a gift to Awakened to Grace 707 East Sullivan Street, Kingsport, Tennessee, 37660. Friends, I would love to hear from you today. Let's go this final sermon, this final conclusion to the unhurried life, and let's learn about unhurried righteousness. So what is the righteousness of God? Let's answer that real quick. What is righteousness? You know, it, it saddens me that in church culture, it, it seems like a lot of times when we mention righteousness, the first thing we think of is self-righteousness. And everybody's been around some self-righteous people before, right? <sighs> You've been around self-righteous people? Anybody got self-righteous people in your family? Yeah. We've all been around self-righteous people, and that's no fun, is it? I hate that the word righteousness gets thought of with self-righteousness. Righteousness is a beautiful word throughout the entire Bible. And this is literally what it means. Righteousness means to be in right standing with God. It literally means to be able to stand upright before God. You know how big that is? You remember what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve failed? Eve was deceived, Adam rebelled, and they sinned before the Lord. And you remember what happened when God came to fellowship with them in the cool of the day and the evening? And do you remember what Adam and Eve did? They hid themselves in their nakedness, ashamed, exposed, they hid. And do you know what we do today, my friend? When we allow sin into our life or we harbor sin somehow or something creeps into our life, you know what we do? We do the exact same thing. You know why? Because we get it from our mom and dad. It's built into our DNA and we hide from God. 
As a pastor, that breaks my heart when, you know, I'll, I'll miss a family after a while and I'll check on them. And, you know, may, maybe they'll say something to the degree of, I just don't feel right about coming back to church or what. My friend, this is where you ought to run to. Amen? Amen. But what happens to us? We want to run. We want to hide. We, we don't want to be in the presence of God. And see what righteousness This is why Satan doesn't want you to feel righteous. I'm not talking about self-righteousness where you're better than somebody else because true righteousness sees how depraved you truly are. If I have true righteousness, I'm not going to feel as though I'm better than someone else. I'm going to go, I know what a depraved sinner I was and God rescued me. I got no room to judge anybody. And see, what righteousness does is it allows me, a sinner, to receive the grace of God that now I can come out from behind my sin. I can come out from that nakedness, that exposed, that being ashamed, and now I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and now I can stand upright before God without any shame, without any guilt, without any condemnation. Amen? That now, Romans 8, 1, that now because I am in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation in my life. That's what righteousness does. And that's why Satan doesn't want us to understand it. So Paul says this righteousness, it's apart from the law. Although the law and prophets Bear witness to it. And then what does he say? Watch this, because this is the key right here. But the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You hear that? Righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. If I'm going to have this righteousness that cleanses my life, that forgives my sin, that washes away my past, that makes me a new creation, that comes in and transforms my heart and transforms my thinking and transforms my nature and transforms my lifestyle. How am I going to receive it? Through faith in Jesus Christ. But what kind of faith? The kind of faith that we find in East Tennessee let me tell you, we're, we're an odd area. Did you know that? <laughs> Those of you who relocated here, you're, you're welcome to say amen if you think we're an odd area. Amen. I grew up here, and I know it. If you're not careful, it seems as though most everyone's a Christian. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why are you a Christian? Oh, I did that when I was a kid. But there's no evidence. There's no fruit. There's no following Jesus as an adult. Very dangerous. Many in our country say they're Christian. You know, you know, what, it, you know what it means to be Christian in name only? We call that nominal Christians. Christian in name only. No following Jesus. No, no evidence of true salvation. So many people in that situation. My friends, it's not enough to simply believe in Jesus. Let let me show you the difference. The difference is so many people, and perhaps you're sitting here today listening, or perhaps you're watching online, 
And maybe your faith is really simply a religious faith. Let me tell you the difference between a religious faith and a saving faith. A religious faith says, no, I believe there's a God. I believe, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he can forgive sin. Oh, I believe all that. But a religious faith says, but I also think I'm a good person. I also think when I stand before God, I'll be okay because, because of, you know, I'm pretty good. That's a religious faith. The Bible says that demons believe and even tremble, but they're not born again. But let me tell you what a saving faith is. A saving faith recognizes, a saving faith acknowledges, a saving faith says, I understand that I, in my goodness, I will never be good enough. I am lost, I am without Christ, I am undone, and apart from the grace of God, I have nothing. And I can't be good enough to please God or be accepted by God. The only way I'll be accepted by God is through his son, Jesus Christ. That's saving faith. And so my question to you today is when it comes to your faith, is it a religious faith where you go, "Mm, I'm pretty good. I'm not as bad as most people. I feel pretty good about standing before God. Or is your faith a saving faith that says, if I stand before God, the only hope I have is Christ between me and him. That, my friends, is saving faith. And the only way that you'll obtain righteousness, the only righteousness that is recognized in the sight of God, not in the sight of man, Not in the sight of culture, but in the sight of God. The only way you'll have that righteousness is through saving faith in Jesus Christ. Now watch where he goes, because this is fascinating to me. He says, but the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, for all who believe... I love that. That's every generation. That's every age. That's every... uh, That's even to our day. For all who believe, the saving faith, it's for everyone who believes. For there's no distinction. What's he mean by that? There's no Jew, there's no Gentile in the kingdom of God. There's no distinction between the Jew or the Gentile. And then watch what he says in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now what does that scripture mean? Now, here's the real bad news before we get to the real good news. All have sinned and all fall short. What's it mean to fall short? Uh, A a good way of saying this is all uh, have fallen short or all miss the mark or all miss the standard. They don't hit the standard or they fall short. A good example, um, let me do a little plug here. On the last Sunday of September, We're going to do a big church cookout like we do every year at Warriors Path State Park on Duck Island. You guys been to that with us before, some of you? It's a great time. It's going to be Shelter 5 at 5 p.m. A little shameless plug there. Shelter 5, 5 p.m. You can put it in your notes. (laughs) Um, But those of you who you've been to Warriors Path, if you're watching online, you're not from this area, you, you probably 
don't know what I'm talking about, but let me just describe it. Warrior's Path is this beautiful state park, and in the middle of this large lake is this island called Duck Island, right? All these pavilions and walkways and basketball court and all this stuff. If you and I were to hold a contest on that last Sunday of September, let's say our church took out some billboards and did some TV ads and radio ads and and social media ads, and let's say we held a contest, and this is what we said. We are going to give a prize, $10,000, to the person who can jump from Duck Island over to the main parking. Who do you think could do that? It would not matter who showed up for the contest. It wouldn't matter how young they were or athletic they were or healthy they were or strong they were. None of those factors would matter. It would not matter if an NBA star came or an NFL star or for crying out loud, even an Olympic athlete. It would not matter who entered our contest. The fact is, is no one would have the capacity to jump from the shore of Duck Island over to the main. No one would have that ability. Everyone who entered our contest would do what? They would fall Short. And this is exactly what Paul meant. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of the standard of the mark of God. So you can bring your checklist and you can bring your religion and you can bring your goodness and you can bring your kindness and you can bring all of these things before God. But guess what, my friend? It falls flat. It falls short. That's the gospel, is that you and I of ourselves do not have the ability nor the capacity to bring ourselves before God and be justified. But what's the good news here? For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Praise God. Now listen to the good news. You want to be justified? What's justification mean? Another great big Bible word all throughout the New Testament as well as some of the old. What does it mean? The just shall live by faith. What's it mean to be justified? We're justified by the grace of God as a gift. What's that mean? Well, it's different than a pardon. Because pardon says, you're guilty, but we're going to release you. Justification is not a pardon. Justification, this is literally what it means. While righteousness means to stand upright, to be in right standing before the righteous judge, what does justification mean? It means to be declared not guilty by the righteous judge. It means to be declared not guilty. It's not a pardon where, yes, you have the crime, but now you're released. It means the crime was never even done. It means you're declared not guilty. Now, my friends, I know the sins of my past. I know the sins of my life. I know the failures, and I know the good, the bad, and the ugly. How many of you know your sin? 
You know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, let's get real, right? Because there's like five of you answering. We all know our sin, right? You were real good at the beginning, but now it's getting real tight. Okay, real tense. We know our sin, right? How can God, the righteous judge, look at me, look at you, and say they're not guilty? How can that be? When you know it, and I know it. Do you know why? Because the righteous judge made a decree and he declared us not guilty in Jesus. See, when you and I are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, do you know how God the Father sees us? He sees us as his son, Jesus. He sees us through. He sees us as though we are the sons and daughters of God. Do you know what the Bible says? How angels feel about so great a salvation in the book of 1 Peter? The Bible says that angels long to look at so great a salvation. In other words, they're so intrigued. How can sinning, depraved, flawed people like that be seen as though Jesus is seen by the Father. It's the righteousness of God. And it's not the works of the law that produce it. It's not your good intentions that produce it. It's not your morals that produce it. It's not your kindness that produces it. It's only faith in Jesus Christ, the saving faith that clothes us in righteousness. And here's what I love, because this is what Paul is going to make clear. Many of us, especially in our culture, in our culture so often our attitude is, if you want it, you earn it, right? You want it, you accomplish it. That's not how the gospel works. The Bible says it's given as a gift. You can't earn righteousness. You can't earn favor with God. It's only through Jesus. And you know why the gospel is that way? So that at the end of the day, you and I will never be able to boast. It's only Jesus. You know, I've said many times younger in my Christian faith, I would say silly things like, well, I found Jesus. What? Or I received the Lord. Or I did this. Or I was saved. Or I, no, my friend, you and I could not do anything of our own. It was all through Jesus. And why? It's so that no one may boast. We can't earn it. Those of you who are born again today, it's not because you're smart. It's not because you're uh, spiritual. It's certainly not because you're lucky. You and I cannot earn this. It is by the grace of God as a gift. Amen. Can we just thank God for his gift today? His gift of grace. Now... We're going to finish this verse 24. How is all of this come into our life? By the grace of God as a gift through 
the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's how all this comes into our life. So today, if you're someone that you feel like you have to earn God's favor, if you're someone that you don't feel like you're good enough, well, guess what, my friend? You're not. Don't let that trip you up. Don't sit there in your sin and go, well, one day I'll be good enough or one day I'll be accepted or one day I'll be this or I'll be that. No, you won't. The only thing you need today is to be clothed in Christ. And you know what happens as you grow in your understanding of righteousness? You want more Jesus and you want less sin. What do we say so often? Christians are not sinless by no means, but we should be sinning less and less and less and less as we grow in our understanding of righteousness. Have you been made righteous today? Not through what you've done, but through who you've received. Have you been made righteous not because of who you are, but because of what the gospel's done in you. If you stood before God today, would you stand before God only with what is good about you? Or would you stand before God and say, I put Christ between me and you. I put Christ because he's my only hope. I want you to bow your heads today and My question today is actually very, very simple. Do you have a religious faith? Or do you have a saving faith? Lord, work in our hearts today work in our hearts praise God I want your righteousness Jesus and to think to think that you share it with me when I know the thoughts I have sometimes I know the feelings I wrestle with sometimes and yet you share your righteousness with me Lord, help me to choose your righteousness over my sin. Your righteousness that you share. Today, perhaps you're not clothed in Christ's righteousness and you know that. Perhaps today you say, Chad, I'm someone who's religious, but I've never truly been saved. I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me. If you're watching or listening online, I invite you to pray as well. I want you to pray with me right now to receive the righteousness of Jesus. Pray with me right now and just in your heart, pray with me. Jesus Christ, I forsake my righteousness and I ask for yours. I repent of my sin and I make you Lord and Savior of my life today. 
I want to stand righteous before you. Cleansed. Made new. Transformed. Save me today. In Jesus' name. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. awakentograce.com slash store.